chapter. I'm going to read a verse there. It shouldn't be hard for you to find. So if you'll go to Genesis 1-1, I'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the people that have came out to the service today. And thank you for the effort that they put forth to be here. We want to show our appreciation and thanks to you for how great a God you are. And we appreciate the Word of God and the Spirit of God that leads and guides us into the truth that you want us to walk in. So give us what we stand in need of this day to be your people in a greater way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. When I think about how great God is, and of course, Brother Steve tiptoed around this in the first hour that we were in the building today in Sunday school, uh, I just want to know, when I read his word and watch his spirit work, not only in nature itself, but I as a pastor appreciate when I see it working in people's lives, I just have to say I am amazed when I see those things. To create something means that you really didn't have anything to work with, so to speak, or very little, and you create, if you would, something basically out of nothing, or to use what you did have or what you could find around you or whatever to make whatever you wanted to make or whatever you need. And I believe that history has proven over and over again that God is sovereign. Now, to be sovereign means uh, there's nobody higher than you. You're as high on the totem pole or the ladder uh, you're the highest rung, and uh, there's nobody else you can go to for advice if you're sovereign. That doesn't include me, and I don't know of any others that it includes other than God. He didn't ask anybody for advice when he made this world, and it seems to be working pretty good. I think it's been here quite a while, and there's a lot of things that I think work really well. Many times, I need help in certain areas of my life. All right, I'll have to admit it. I just don't know everything about everything. Amen? But I know a God who does, but that's not any kind of uh, downplay on me. But if I have confidence in somebody in certain areas, that's the person I go to when I don't want to, if you would, take the time to sit down and learn everything. For example, it's tax season. We all have to do our share to get our tax return ready. Amen? That is not an area that I am well versed in. Taxes. Do you know if you was to read all the documents that the federal government has produced on just how to do your tax return, you would miss the deadline for your tax return. I'm under, I'm under the impression that there are like 50,000, over 50,000 documents, and that means several pages even of those, of tax return papers that we should know to do tax returns. It would take me several years to read it, and man, that would get me in trouble 
because I'd be late for the next three years trying to do that, plus the penalties, plus the interest, right? They get you coming and going. And I, I don't like to pay that kind of high rates and all the extra charges, but I know a man. I got a guy that's pretty sharp on taxes. And the reason I know he's pretty sharp because he's done mine now for about four years and it hadn't cost me a dime yet. So I like that kind of tax guy. All right? So when I got problems, I'm not going to go out and Google it. I'm not going to go look it up anywhere in the government whatevers. Uh, I'm just going to go to him and let him, I'll give him all the information on everything he asks me, and in about 15 minutes, we'll sign some papers and my taxes are done for another year. How's that sound? Pretty good deal. Now, rather than read 50,000 documents, I don't even have to wait 50 minutes. I can get it done pretty fast. So it's good to have somebody that can do that for you and is efficient and gets it all handled in a short period of time. Besides, it gives Bonnie and I a good reason to go out for breakfast that day. So we can stop and have breakfast on the way to get our taxes done. See, that works out great for everybody. Amen? So I not only get a good breakfast, I do my civic duty to the government. Amen. Now, I could name other areas in my life that I have a man. He takes care of me in those particular areas. But let's just cut to the chase, and I just want to tell you, God is the best of all those people or all those men that can help me in all the areas of my life. And if I get in trouble, God is the one that I want to go to for whatever I have in my life that I need settles. Amen? God isn't human like another man that I can have a conversation with and we can argue over uh, the postage on a stamp. But he is the ultimate sovereign God that I can go to with everything I need to have settled in my life. Amen? But if we give God a chance, He can direct our lives to the fullest in every area we need to have Him to move. Amen? We just read to you that He created everything. Or that was the beginning of it. Of course, you have to read a little farther to get more of it. You'll find that He made the sun. Isn't that nice to have a sun? keeps us warm on cold days. Amen. It lets it goes down at night so we can sleep and it won't keep us awake all the time. Amen. You know, I, I've heard that there's a lot of problems with people that live close to the North Pole up in Alaska because up there in the wintertime, they don't even get to see the sun hardly. And in the summertime, it never quits shining. So their bodies have to adjust to how much sunlight and how much darkness they have every day. And it's to the extremes, if you would, because of where the sun is and the earth being uh, tipped on its axis 23 degrees. It just makes it hard for them to uh, understand. But with the sun there, we don't burn up and we don't freeze to death very often. And if we do, it's probably not the sun's fault. Although uh, we could do either one. But God gave us the ability to tolerate and adjust to the hot and the cold 
uh, in our time of destiny or in our period on this earth. Not only is the sun in its place. Now, you, I don't know if you know it, but it's moving. Did you know the sun moves around a lot? Yeah. I, I, I looked it up, and it moves pretty fast um, compared to what we can move here unless you're riding with Dennis Mays. But the, but the sun does travel, and all the planets around it travel, and all the moons are in motion. Even the earth is in motion, and all the stars. And there just doesn't seem to be any collisions or big mishaps. I'm sure from time to time there's a little something floating around that maybe gets a, someplace it shouldn't be, and there's a, a boom, bang, and whatever, and then they go on. But that's so rare that we don't even entertain the thought of it being a problem for us. So uh, all these things have their place, and they're seemingly not a consequence or any problem that would give us some way of fear or of understanding that it's not working the way it should. God controls the universe he created. That's what I wanted to say about that. And that's just not uh, what the start of it, because when Genesis 1-1, when God created other things, he went on in Genesis 1-11 and said he did all the trees and all the grass and all the herbs, and guess what? We still got them. I wonder how long they've been growing, reproducing. And you know what? If you'd think about it, how many trees, let's just say, um, I, I've been thinking that just since Adam and Eve, it's been over 6,000 years, as we can count years, and there was trees back then, were there not? Okay, so, and we still got trees today, right? And some of them we can cut it down and count the rings and see how old they are. And there's very few of them that are over several hundred years old. And we're talking about God put them there starting 6,000 years ago. And some of them probably got blown down. Lightning may have hit a few of them. They may have caught on fire. Man cuts down a lot of them but we still have trees. They're still out there. There's plenty of them as I see it because we serve a God that knows how to take care of those situations long before they even come up as far as I'm concerned. And so when the, God put all those things in order that they could reproduce after their kind and would keep everything on the earth running like God said it would run initially. Amen? Now, I got to thinking about that. And if every tree, as big as some of them are, only lasts 100 years or so, and then they fall down and rot, where does all those rotten things go? Wow. Even God knows how to do away with the old stuff to make room for the new stuff. It's God's plan all the way around. After he created all that stuff, trees, herbs, and herbs, I guess, not herbs, herbs and grass and all that stuff. Then he made all kinds of other things like birds and animals of every shape and size and all kinds of different fish. And he gave them the ability to take care of themselves, if you would, and reproduce. I, I'm interested in a lot of that because I was a science major in college. And it amazes me how each animal has the ability to understand and adapt to the seasons that each of them go through each year. 
When winter approaches, thousands of birds head south. How did they know to do that? Huh. And I don't know, maybe the groundhog tells them they got six more weeks before they can come back. I don't know. But there's something going on that they know what to do. Do you? I'm even, I like hummingbirds. You like watching hummingbirds? We put a feeder out, and we don't have very many, but they're pretty cool. They're, you know the hummingbird is the only bird that can fly backwards. How about that stuff? See how much smarter you are because you came to church today? But the hummingbirds that live around us, they migrate all the way to Mexico without a passport. And they come back next year, and they've learned how to do that to survive in the environment that God has put them in. Amen? And of course, um, we know of many varieties of fish. Where do they spawn? Well, they spawn by going upstream, laying their eggs, and then after the eggs, are, they go back downstream, and most of them don't even make the trip up and back, but the ones that do, they live way out in the deep waters the rest of the year. Where do whales live? For the most part, if you want to go whale watching, where are you going to go? You might want to go to Alaska. Okay? But they go up there and you can see them pop up out of the water and wave their tail at you and you can wave back and uh, see that they're friendly as can be. Right? And then when they have their young, where do they have them? They swim from Alaska to Hawaii to have their young and then when they're born they go right back to Alaska isn't that something then we got bears that when the winter comes they know ice and snow is going to cover everything there won't be nothing to eat anywhere so they know to eat all they can get their grubby hands on get as fat as brother dude then go hibernate for a few months and then when things get uh, the ice melts away and the snow's gone, they can come back out and there'll be plenty to eat again. Who taught them how to hibernate? God must have. I watched the squirrels out my back porch, you know, and I've heard that squirrels only find, they're just as busy as they can be hunting up something to eat and then they take it out and bury it. Amen? And I've heard that they only find about a third of what they bury. Amen? You want to know how the oak trees got planted? Squirrels did it. They took acorn out there and said, I'll, I'll hide this here and come back and get it later. By the time they came back, it's an oak tree. Amen? They just didn't find it. That's where walnut trees, all kinds of trees got all over the place. So um, God gave all of nature the ability to survive and thrive, and they don't have to have a job. They don't have to pay taxes. And also, they can do everything they need to do without anybody's help. God takes care of them. The only problem with man is that he also can become, if you would, a problem to our society. One of the biggest problems that I can see with mankind surviving is selfishness and greed. And it comes uh, to this conclusion that uh, every man seems to think he can take care of himself. He doesn't need God. Well, our world would tell you different if you look around. Now, Solomon, who was uh, ascribed in the Word of God as being one of the 
wisest men in the Bible, that uh, he came along and wrote in Proverbs, the third chapter, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, how many is that? All of them? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. God can take care of all the animals, all the fish, all the birds, trees, and grass, and he's still got time for me and you. How great is our God. Amen? He knows how to do it. Amen. This entire chapter, the third chapter here, is great advice in allowing God to direct your path, according to verse 6, instead of us controlling ourselves, without which history has proven over and over again would bring disaster when we leave God out of our lives. Amen? When man tries to rule man, the outcome is usually pretty horrific. That's how we got so many wars within our recent history. That's how come there's so many divisions of countries fighting on borders and different other things. Who's in charge of what? That's how we've sown so much discord and greed and envy and jealousy and selfishness, all of which could have been avoided by man doing things God's way. Amen? Now man is telling us that the greatest threat to our existence is the weather. You haven't heard that this week? Yeah, I know. And they, then they're even trying to convince us that China set a balloon over top of us just to predict some weather. If you believe that, come see me. I got some stuff I can sell you in a hurry. Amen? Well, anyway, we find all of this stuff going on, but I want you to know that God has everything under control. The weather, he knows when it should rain and when it shouldn't. You see, well, we have tornadoes, we have hurricanes, we have all kinds of things. <coughs> Excuse me. But they don't take man completely out. There may be people that don't survive them. Uh, hopefully it's not something that... Uh, they weren't prepared for and, or they ignored the warnings that they did get. But uh, the greatest threat to our existence to man is when we try to do things man's way instead of God's way. Amen? Man's been very successful in controlling a lot of the things that are useful to us and we even consider a lot of them necessary. Amen? Most of you have a car. And who controls it? Whoever's got the key in the steering wheel. Amen? Then we got trains that run all over the place. And we got airplanes flying everywhere. And if they weren't monitored correctly, we would have train crashes. We would have airplane collisions. <coughs> and uh, they, we become, they would become instruments of catastrophe and become deadly 
if we didn't have control over all those things. Amen? Let alone if we didn't uh, want to mention the misuse of guns, mention all the racial tensions, on and on the list of destructive things in our science, in our society, goes on when God is not in control. Amen? There's a lot of things God wants us to go to Him on that. Man has tried to uh, legitimate uh, his behavior and make it seem like he knows what he's doing. And that's just more tension and more division. But God's plan for mankind is to be self-regulated. You get to make your own choices. Did you know that? Amen. Now, you don't even have to argue with a bear where he wants to hibernate. He's going to make his own choice, and if you don't like it, he will adjust your thinking. Amen? But when we think about how mankind wants to regulate himself, we need to remember judgment starts at home. Amen? That's what I've always been taught. And then not only that, to be a little more precise, judgment should really start in the mirror that you look in every day when you're trying to straighten out the mess you caused while you were sleeping. Amen? Now, if I keep dudes straight, I got a full-time job. Amen? Bonnie, oh, amen that one, I know. I learned a long time ago, I can't change you. Amen? As a pastor, I learned that early in my ministry. That my job is not to conform you. My job is to inform you. And when I inform you, it's up to you to conform to what God's Word and God's Spirit say in your life. Amen? So when I understand that I'm not in charge of you, I'm only in charge of me, I don't mind helping you in any way I can. I, I gladly will do it. But I'm not responsible for you except to tell you the truth. Amen? And once I've done that, it's on you from then on. Amen? It's been said, all people bring joy. Some by coming and some by leaving. Amen? So we just have to learn that we can't make everybody fit in our bucket or our form of how we want them to be. Amen? But God's Word and Spirit were given us to help us to be more in the image of God and allow us to live in harmony. You see, if I'm striving to be the image of God and you're striving to be the image of God, we shouldn't have any arguments. And we have discussions. You know, we may even disagree on some things. Amen? But that's okay. If we're trying to be more like God, once we part... We're going to part, if you would, I think, in harmony. When Jesus was asked by his critics, what's the greatest commandment? Amen? Well, Matthew 22, he tells us, and he said the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Amen? And then he went on to continue. And he said unto them that uh, you should love your neighbor just like you love yourself. Amen? And he said in the next verse, 
all the promises are going to hang on these commandments. Amen? And so we need to understand loving your neighbor and loving God, well, love God first, and your neighbor as yourself would solve many of the problems we have in our society today. <clears throat> but man, as faulty as sin has made him, has proven over and over again that he's out of control without God. As long as he tries to control his own life, he's going to run into problems. Therefore, God made a way of redeeming man back into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Acts 14 and 12. He says, Neither is there any salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Back up a page to Acts 3, verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Those were words that the apostles gave to people that really knew Jesus firsthand. Amen? And they knew by what Jesus taught them, they were out of step with God. It didn't take a whole lot of gospel preaching and pulpit pounding to get them to open their eyes to what Jesus could do for them because they had walked in the same paths that he had walked while he was on earth. Amen? They may not understood everything, but they knew his heart. They knew what he meant for them to do, and they knew that he was uh, leading them to the man or the God, let's say God instead of man, to the person that had put it all together and was in total control. So when I think about how great is our God, He's so great that all things are given by Him and He controls all our needs. The Bible says He even knows what you need before you ask. Man, that's pretty sharp. Amen? So uh, He even when He is, uh, knows that we are disobedient, he even knows we need mercy. He even knows we need grace. Because his great love for us is what he wants his creation to know and know him personally, which we are all a part of. Because man has proven that life is void without God. Amen? I don't care... I know there's a lot of people that take pride in saying, I'm a, a agnostic, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. I don't. They take great pride in some of that. But I think there's coming a day when they're going to eat those words. I think they're going to be sorry for how proud they were of thinking of them own selves as highly as they do. There'll be a, a time when they won't have the answers they think they have now. Because God has proven that, that he loved the world so much, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants to redeem us back into a right relationship with him no matter how far off track we've gotten. So many people think 
that to admit they've made a mess of their life makes them seem inadequate. But without God, your life is already inadequate. You just needed to come to the conclusion that you need God back in your life to guide your steps and give you the, the blessings of life that you've been missing while you were steering your own boat, if you would. You're dead while you live, and you're headed for certain destruction if you don't allow God in your life as the God of the universe that knows how to control it all. Amen. We need to just get right with God, stay right with God, and allow God to show us how great is our God. Amen. For a good afternoon's reading, you can go home and read Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and you'll see just exactly how great God is to his people. He prepared everything that we need to make heaven our home. And remember, he never promised that it'd be easy, just worth it.